Hey everyone, welcome back to the Pop Anime Comics Lounge where I have with me cosplayer Rikishi Hentai, who has done several normal and several lewd cosplays, which might intersect with one another, including Shell from The Road to El Dorado, Ikumi Mitu, and Anura Nakiri from Food Wars, Queen Akasha, Future Trunks, and Chocho, to name a few. So thank you for being on the podcast. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Now, I'm going to give everybody a fair warning that we might be talking about normal cosplay as well as some lewd cosplay. So having said all that, you're sort of relatively new to cosplay. How did you initially get into that and how did it lead into you doing lewd cosplays? I guess it's kind of like a separate thing because I've always wanted to cosplay. But socially, when I was just like this normal, quote unquote, normal person that didn't know anything about cosplay, every time I would hear anything about cosplay, it was only because it was controversial stuff. It would always be about Black cosplayers getting bullied for cosplaying characters that weren't created as a person of color. So I was always scared to cosplay. However, when I was getting into lewd work, like private Snapchat premiums, just like doing my own thing like that, I actually ended up finding a cosplayer named K-Bear Cosplay. She is a great cosplayer, and I saw her lewd Mavis photos last year on Facebook, and I just thought it was so hot. So I went from just doing premium Snapchats to wanting to finally do cosplays because I saw this amazing woman of color cosplaying, dealing with racism really well. I realized that people like not only cosplaying, but Lou cosplaying. I was like, fuck yes, like this is so exciting. Like I'm so into this. So then I just literally started. And now you have done lewd cosplay as well as normal cosplay. So what was your starting cosplay that you went with and what inspired you to do that character? My first cosplay was Supernova from Rick and Morty, season two or four. Specifically, the episode is called Vindicators. And I was just sitting there watching it with my boyfriend. And he was like, babe, that's you. And I was like, oh, I want to be her so much. And that's why I knew I wanted to cosplay. I was like, oh, I want to be this character. There's a lot of characters that I always say to myself, oh, I wish I was this character. So I was like, you know, I'm going to literally make this cosplay. (laughs) And then this is going to be my first debut of entering into the cosplay world. And now creating a cosplay can be very challenging. What were some of the challenges you faced in designing this cosplay and getting materials and really building it out, considering that it was your first one? The major problem that I dealt with and still deal with now is my body frame is really weird. I'm short. I'm 5'2". My waist is really tiny and I have really big hips, but I also have a really tiny frame where my boobs are. I'm a 32G and... And the problem was finding something that actually fit. It's awful trying to make my own cosplays because my first cosplay I made, I'll get to that later. So I ordered a suit for Supernova and it did not fit at all. It was embarrassing, but I still rocked it. I still took pictures in it. I went to a con with it, but I just wish it actually fit me. So that's the one thing that I struggle with, which is just finding things that actually fit my frame because I also have a really short torso. And just massive boobs that takes up my whole top frame, basically. It's bigger than my head. And now to talk about that, because anime characters, comic characters, some fit that dynamic and others don't. How do you go about incorporating that into your cosplays or minimizing that? I enjoy a lot of characters that have a big frame like me. But I also don't discriminate. For me, I don't really 
only cosplay someone if they have big boobs or not. However, even if they don't have big boobs as a character, I'll still cosplay them. And now with cosplay, and obviously you have a body which doesn't fit the norm, how do you go about finding materials that work for you? And how do you go about finding materials at a reasonable price? Because cosplay can be expensive, which is no secret to anybody who's in this field. So with that, actually, I stay away from a lot of things that I just can't do until I'm able to afford it. Just as you said, cosplaying is very, very expensive. For the first time ever, I had someone talk down to me regarding my cosplay. I cosplayed Bowsette recently, and I'd never dealt with Instagram trolls or social media trolls. Ever since I started streaming, however, I did start dealing with Twitch trolls, but that was never a thing for me. What really shook me that just happened was someone complaining about me not trying hard on my cosplay that I spent money for that my supporters are funding. And it's just hard because people have these expectations, but they're not putting any money in your pocket to cosplay the way that they want you to, which is the funny part. However, I'm not really tripping about it because I know once I am in this for a year or two, I will be able to put a lot of money into bigger builds, builds that are literally custom designed for my body. Right now, what I do to combat that is I do lewd cosplays. So I'll get a micro bikini or lingerie that kind of looks like she would wear it because it kind of represents her outfit, but it's looted up. And it's easier for me because there's a lot of bikini tops and bras that can just fit me and flatter me. But right now, I wouldn't be able to do one of those like builds with the armor breastplate. It just wouldn't work. And now you've done a lot of cosplays and we're going to get to some of them, but I'm very curious as to what draws you to certain characters that you've done and what really inspires you. I like to cosplay characters that I genuinely fuck with. So anytime, I don't care how mainstream it is, anytime something makes me go like, oh, I like that. I'm like, okay, I really want to cosplay that character. But if I don't know the character or if I've never even been introduced to that character, it's okay because I have polls for my supporters and they get to pick a fan service cosplay. But I really like strong, dominant characters because I'm attracted to dominant females. I love dominant females. I'm a switch, so I'm dommy too, but I'm very submissive. And usually I like to cosplay who I'm attracted to most times and whoever is just like me, I feel like. When going through this and being attracted to certain characters and being attracted to dominant female characters, what are some of the challenges you face in picking out a character and really following through? And walk me through some of the steps of what you take to really build out that cosplay from start to finish, such as using influences and gathering pieces and materials. For instance, I did a cosplay. Her name is Toga Himiko, but I watch anime in Japanese. When I'm about to bring a character to life, I needed to make a custom video for that cosplay. So obviously I'm not speaking Japanese. So I had to watch it in English to pick up on the English dialect, even though I sort of use the Japanese dialect with the English dialect. But I really like to put myself into the character and become the character. And that's why it's important for me to cosplay characters that I like. So when I study them for my performances, I do well. And obviously we're speaking about materials and given the fact that materials are expensive, 
how do you go about budgeting? Because budgeting is key with cosplays, and some of your fans fund you, but when you need materials and those materials are too expensive, how do you go about finding alternate materials, or do you recycle materials, or do you just make do with what you have? I have a Patreon, and I kind of use the money that I get from that to fund my cosplays. When I have to go more looter route instead of a canon route until I reach the goals to be able to afford canon routes, I'm just always on Amazon or looking for things in my house. And I recently started sewing parts of my cosplays, like arm sleeves, leg sleeves, to kind of combat with the prices. Because if I just go and get some fabric myself and just sew it up together, it's much cheaper. And now I think we kind of beat a bit of the process down a little bit. And now I kind of want to dive into some of your cosplays, starting with Shell from The Road to El Dorado. And you did a few versions of this one, one being a regular and the other being lewd. So let's start with the regular. How did you determine where your lines are with this regular version? I don't really think that I had any of that in mind. I guess the best way to answer this is I like looting my cosplays up way more than I like to be canon because I'm a pervert. When I do a full cosplay, to be honest, it's for social media's Instagram. It's to be able to post something for free, not to loot so I don't get taken down. So that's kind of my mindset with doing full cosplay and loot cosplay. And obviously Shell is a Disney character, I believe, Road to El Dorado, definitely a children's movie. So when you're making a character lewd and taking the perverted route with that character, where do you draw the lines on what is socially acceptable for you and what you're comfortable with looting up versus what you're not okay looting up? This is such a good question because I even talked to one of my biggest inspirations about this. There is a terrible stigma that adults should censor their adult work due to children. So let's talk about The Road to El Dorado. If we're thinking about it correctly, when did that movie come out? That generation that came out when we were kids, we're all grown up and I'm pretty sure we all kind of loved Shell in a really (laughs) sexy way. You can say it's a kid's movie, but Shell literally sucked Tulio off behind that couch. So it was already in our heads. Sexuality is very natural. To me, kids shouldn't even be online if they're under the ages of 13. Once you hit 13, to me, there's no censoring. You got to be prepared for the world and sexuality is a part of it. And that's just how it is for me. So obviously she wasn't a child in the movie. However, that is a different topic and a really good topic to get to regarding looting child characters. So there is nothing about that where I like sit and think about being socially proper because at the end of the day, it's just you having to set yourself to standards of other people. And I'm a human too. We all have our opinions on things. It doesn't mean it's actually right or wrong. No one actually knows what right or wrong is because again, we're all humans. And I think we're going to segue right into the question here with Chocho. And she is a child slash teenager. And there's a real debate on that topic. And I think that's a really good one to talk about and really captures that is where the line's drawn for you. And I know that possibly you might have had a dilemma with this cosplay with doing lewds with it, not doing lewds with it. And 
What is your entire feel on her as a character in that realm? So you're absolutely correct. I had a huge, huge dilemma. You know, I talked to my mom about it. I've talked to a few of my idols about it. A lot of these lewd girls specifically, it's always the really prippy, proper girls that are always shaming something because they always just want to bring someone down. It's so weird. It's the lewd girls that society demonizes and calls whores that are always so amazing. Like these girls sat down, talked to me, expressing like, it's nothing wrong with you being an adult and cost being a child as an adult. It is fiction. It's not real life. Therefore, you can't say I can't make her an adult. She's not alive. Unless if I'm age playing, because that is a fetish and I don't do age play in the adult industry. That's one of the lines that I draw. I don't like portraying myself as a child or a baby. I don't do that onesie baby stuff, but people do that. And I'm not trying to ever cosplay a child character and represent my self as a child. I'm cosplaying that character. She just so happens to be written as a child. But I love the girl's hair. I like her style. So I'm going to put that on me as an adult. That's all that should matter as long as I'm not enabling pedophilia. And also pedophiles aren't attracted to my grown womanly body. At the end of the day, I'm definitely not enabling it pedophilia in any way. And I don't think anyone should be shamed about it. And now you've got attention on both sides of this cosplay where people really respect you and respect that black cosplayer is doing a more or less defined black character or what appears to be that way as defined in Naruto, Boruto community, as well as people like your lewd version of her as well. What does that mean for you? The fact that people are really supportive of this and really find both versions to be well done. I love the most about my Instagram followers. I don't really know what community my followers came from, but whatever community it came from, it's been great. I've never had anyone tell me until I got on stream as Bowsette that you're inaccurate because you're brown. I've had people say, thank God you cosplayed this character because I've always wanted to know how they would look as a brown girl, as a black girl. And there's people out there that want to see alternate versions of characters. So... I take pride in cosplaying a character that isn't Black because there's people out there that care about that or didn't even know that they did care about it and love it. And now she's got a lot of things going on. She's got very, very cool hair. So I want to talk a little bit about that. What was that experience like finding the right wig or even designing the wig or styling the wig for you? There's a character, Tracer from Overwatch, that I really want to cosplay, but I want to make sure the wig is nice. So I'm not a good wig stylist. I don't do hair whatsoever. And even do Enjoy 21 was a real struggle for me to get those hairs to really sit up. And it is important for me to have really good wig styling for my cosplay. So if I feel like it's too complicated or if I can't afford to commission a bomb wig, I just have to wait it out and wait for my career to grow so I can commission that stuff. And this is Boruto and people love it. So how has the Boruto community reacted to this cosplay? Because there's a big lewd community with Boruto and Naruto and there's also a big regular convention scene. And I don't know if you go to regular conventions, if you have, how has people reacted to the more PG friendly version? So I did go to a really big convention as Chocho and people were so hype about it. I realized that not a lot of people cosplay Chocho yet. 
Yeah. And even on Instagram, people were following me because they saw that their friend was with this Chocho character and they specifically felt because of that character. And the community of Bardo and Nardo is so huge. And it's not just kids. It's grown people like you and I that grew up on Nardo that just seen Bardo and is literally like, ooh, an adult Chocho. It's awesome. And now since you do lewds and you do this PG and as you said, more free version to show on Instagram so you don't get kicked off because rules have changed on Facebook and Instagram for those who are unfamiliar. Where do you draw lines and where do you say, I'll do this, but I won't go here? And how do you confine to con rules when you're doing that? Because clearly there are gray areas. The only line I will ever draw is actually cosplaying a younger character as a young character. I take pedophilia just as seriously as anyone else. And that's my line. So obviously going to conventions and doing lewds, there are different sets of rules. How do you as a cosplayer stay appropriate at conventions and not go over the top and trend too far into the lewdy aspect of the cosplay world. So there was a cosplay that I wanted my butt out on. And I'm really terrified about that stuff. I am open because I do nudes and stuff. But publicly, it's weird because I can take a picture. But I even used to never like to be in a bikini at a beach. It's weird. And plus, I didn't know if it was allowed. But I saw a cute girl in this bunny outfit. Her whole ass was out. And I was like, damn, obviously it's allowed, I guess. And now I want to exit out of Boratone. I want to talk about Food Wars because Food Wars is one of the most popular shows in the last five years and you did two cosplays out of this and we're gonna start with Mito what is the story behind her cosplay I watched Food Wars with my boyfriend and as much as I love Nakita Arena God Tongue Meet Me for me was just everything that I would want to be the way she acted towards her peers it was just really sexy and I'm all about sexiness and she was just so cute. She was the general meet me with a butcher knife. Everything about her was just really hot. So cosplaying her was very easy. It was a very easy choice for me. Doing arena was more fan service because I liked her because she is who I am. I might be dominant, but very submissive and shy at other times. I like her because she's just like me, but I want to be a character that I wish I could be like in real life. And you had a few lewds from Food Wars. With Mito, you had the Christmas Santa lewd with her, as well as you had her nice patriotic bikini, which is sort of a lewd, but sort of not a lewd because she wears a bikini and she's very American because she's meat. What was those like and what was the inspiration for those? It's funny that you ask that because it probably shouldn't be a thing. But for me, dressing up as her was hilarious because people thought it was weird that a Black girl was wearing an American flag bikini. And it literally blew my mind. I had comments like representing America. It was so crazy because it's like, how do you know if I'm for or not for America? It was the weirdest thing, but I loved it. And now I have to ask this because clearly you are very well endowed and you have very big breasts. And so when you wear a bikini, is there ever any fear at a convention or when you're doing a lewd shoot that something can go wrong? Because that's when it seems it would go wrong. 
actually wearing Ikumi specifically was hard for me at the convention I went to with her because it's really hard for me to have that stank attitude that a lot of people think that a lot of attractive women have. I've noticed that it's a real thing, but I was jumping around when I met this famous Instagram girl and she looked me up and down like, ew, like, bitch, calm down. And I literally almost had a boob slip right then and there. I was too excited. It was terrible. So what do you do to prevent that and minimize that from happening? Or is it whatever happens, happens? So that was my first convention. And now I haven't gone to another convention, but I'll definitely have some boob tape if I do anything crazy. I'm also going to take some Xanax and keep myself calm. And now we're hoping for the future, which means we're going to be talking about future trunks here. And I always wanted to say that. So let's talk about that. So why Future Trunks and not anybody else from Dragon Ball Z? Future Trunks is just my favorite Dragon Ball character. I just thought a princess Trunks would be really attractive. For me, being brown with purple hair is a thing. Even in anime, that's a huge thing. There's a lot of brown girls with purple hair. It's just a thing. I'm here for the thing. And I wanted to make that thing real regarding Trunks. And he was just my favorite. I just loved his sword, A. That's why I made it. And I just liked how he... He was. His hot-headedness is really attractive for me. And now, obviously, there's the sword component. There's the regular version of your future trunks. And then there was a lewd version of it. But I do want to talk about the regular version. How did you go about making the jacket, the pants, the shirt, slash, bra, thingy? I actually ordered his cosplay on Amazon. And I wanted to cosplay him really, like, boyish. So I wore his trunks. And instead of a black shirt that he wears, I wore a black bra with his purple jacket. And then I made the sword. I wanted to really be trunks, but I also did a princess blue trunks version in like this pink one piece that had chains on my chest. So what was the inspiration for the princess trunks? Because that seems very much out of the box from the regular version of trunks. There was not much of an inspiration. I kind of just talked about the character to this girl that was my friend. She worked at a strip club. So she already made a lot of outfits for strippers. And the chain thing was already a thing for her. She kind of made really cool, intricate dance gear. If you know BB from Fate, you'll kind of know the stripper type of attire that I'm talking about. Literally, I just told her the character and I was like, it's a guy, it's a gender-bending cosplay. So she wanted to make it girly with the pink and the shimmers, but really boyish, kind of as if it was armor on the chest. I do want to talk about the sword component of Future Trunks. So prop building is its own entity collectively. So what was that like building a prop and building a sword and making sure that it looks the way it's supposed to look? It was so hard for me to make the sword because my silly ass thought that I could just build a prop for the first time and go ahead and use ABA foam. Probably the worst decision of my life because I didn't have the proper tools to actually cut everything down and make it as pretty and neat as possible. But my boyfriend made me feel a lot better and said, well, it looks like it's a battle sword. It looks like your trunks and he were fucking shit up. So I was just like, okay, not bad, I guess, for the first time. But it didn't take that long to make. But I'm really excited for my next prop that I will try to make for my first hentai cosplay. And what's cool about this prop, at least I think what's cool about it, is that you did get to use it in a bunch of lewd shots and some other lewd projects, from my understanding. So what was that like for you? 
when I used the sword in my lutes, the sword was just really important because that's what made me really be attracted to trunks. And so I really wanted to use that and keep that near me and use that to my advantage in those photos. And now I'm just going to ask this because I don't know what you're doing next with cosplay and anime, but is there any more Dragon Ball Z characters that you're planning to do or improve upon, such as Android 21? I would love to improve Android 21 because I also want to do her Majin Buu version, but I did a lewd version of her only with this awesome blue and red bikini for the summer. It was just the perfect colors. It looked just like an Android 21 bathing suit. I got the red ribbon army and sewed it on my bikini to make it official. And I want to do her dress and latex. Like I have so many ideas for that. So I would love to improve her. And I definitely want to do a lot of Dragon Ball Super cosplays. And now to continue here with everything, as much as I love Dragon Ball Z, and so does everybody else, I do want to talk about your queen Akasha cosplay briefly. What was that one like? Because you are a queen in many regards. Cosplaying Akasha for me was depressing because I cosplayed her way too soon. I just jumped right into it because I've always, as a child, watched that movie in awe. Like, oh my God, I wish I was that girl. Like, I want to be a vampire. And it was just amazing. I really want to do her again because I want to really commission her outfit and just do it really canon. But it was just a big turn on for me to even cosplay her. And so when you cosplay a character and you feel you did them too soon, when do you realize that you want to do them again and you want to improve upon them? And how does that click in your head? That's actually something that just comes to me like automatically because... I suffer from depression and I've been hospitalized twice and I've been told it's because of a panic disorder and my generalized anxiety. So a lot of things that I've always wanted to do, I started really late on and now I'm kind of rushing into a lot of things and now trying to take a step back. And being like, it's okay to start off your cosplay career doing lewds because that is what funds bigger cosplays. So I already have it in my mind that anybody that I'm going to do, I'm pretty damn sure I'm going to redo them in hopefully a better way. And now we're going to back out of that. And I do want to talk about two more. And they tend to be lewds that you have done custom videos for and that have custom lewd sets. And we're going to start with Farah, which has a few videos that you've done with the cosplay custom lewd stuff. So what was the deal with cosplaying Farah? How did the lewd side of that come up? How did the videos get incorporated in there? A lot of my custom videos were just about me. But as soon as I started making cosplay videos myself, a lot of my supporters wouldn't even know about my cosplays, but then I would tell them from where I work, follow me on Instagram. And they'll go on my Instagram like, oh my God, like with the Farah. They saw my Farah lewd pick and said, I need a custom of this. So that's kind of how it happens. A lot of times I get hit up with my Instagram pictures and I just get a inquiry like, hey, I want a custom as this character. And then how do you get the idea to do a particular video with Farah and then do another video with her? All those videos were all custom. So none of the ideas were mine. Majority of my videos are customs. Some of my other videos, they'll be a custom without a concept, just generalized directions and stuff. I get a lot of my ideas basically from hentai's. And now I do want to change gears. And we didn't get to all your cosplays, but you do have a Patreon. And there's a lot of lewd cosplay pics up there. There's a lot of other content 
content up there. So what exactly is your Patreon or patron? How does it work? What are some of the things out there? And where can people find you? For my Patreon, I offer Eki photo sets. They're implied nudes, and they're all in cosplay. And then I also offer lewd photo sets that are topless, and then hentai photo sets that are full nude. I have ultra hentai sets for, like, ohegoa pics with fake bad dragon cum lube. And so how does that all work? What are some of the rewards? The rewards. So for Eki, you only pay $6 a month for implied nude sets. That could be more than one set a month. You also get many phone clips of me nude. Tears do stack on Patreon. Therefore, when you get your access pass becoming a patron for $1.50 a month, you already get nude selfie sets, but only taken on my phone. That's why they're so cheap. Because obviously I do porn. It's not hard to see me naked. So I do offer phone selfies for a very affordable price. And since tiers do stack, you get to get the lower tiers rewards underneath you plus the tier that you pledge for. And with Patreon, how many new cosplay sets do you release just so that when people hear this, they know where to find you? Which I'm sure you're going to tell us exactly your name on Patreon in a minute. But how many cosplays do you do a year and how many lewds do you do a year and how many sets do you release a year? So the higher your tier is, the more content you get a month. So every month there's four sets. You can either opt in one of the sets, which would be like the Eki, and then it goes to lewd, hentai, then ultra hentai. So if you're on the tier that's technically number four, you'll get four sets. But I also might end up publishing a new set, like a new cosplay is what I call it. And you can get, again, four sets again that same month of just a different cosplay. So I like to just tell them that you get one set for whatever tier you're in. And if I have another cosplay, for instance, their fan service cosplay, because I do a fan service cosplay and my own cosplay, you'll definitely get two or three. And now what is your Patreon so everybody can go sign up for it? It's patreon.com slash Royal Lexi. And that's R-O-Y-A-L-E-X-I. I do want to talk about another kinky venture you're in, which is many vids, which you can get a bunch of these videos on. How did you get into that? And what is that exactly so that people can go pick stuff up there? For many vids, when I started cosplaying, I was making those cosplay videos and they weren't allowed on Patreon. So I couldn't make cosplay porn and post on Patreon so instantly. I was like, I need to find something. And then it was amazing because I started seeing one of these cosplay girls that I literally followed on Instagram. They were using mini vids. And I was like, wait, she sells cosplay videos on this site? What is your name for many vids? Just so everybody can find it. It's Royal Lexi again with one L. And now I think we spoke about a lot of different things. There's a lot of stuff that you're doing. And before I give you an opportunity to promote everything else, I do want to pick your brain. And I'm sure a lot of people want to know what advice do you have for people who want to get into cosplay, regular cosplay, as well as doing lewds and being on more of the promiscuous and kinky side of cosplay, which is where cosplay is really expanding. I am really bad at advice because I barely take my own. However, if you want to cosplay or get into the NSFW side of the internet, just understand there's no right or wrong. 
No one, unless they're handing you money and commissioning something, can even tell you something should have been this way or shouldn't have been. That's literally the only advice that I can possibly give. And now finally, I think we covered a lot of things. I didn't cover everything and I'm well aware of that, but I would like to give you an opportunity to promote anything else you got, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, website. I think we covered many vids, but we could cover it again as well as Patreon. If you are interested in seeing my cosplays, just to look at it, you can follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is Rikishi Hentai and that's R-E-K-I-S-H. I H E N T A I. My Twitter is 18 and over only because that's where I handle my mini vids videos. That's twitter.com slash royalexi with two I's R O Y A L E X I I. You can watch me live on twitch.tv slash royalexi with one L and one I. As always, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast, and I can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitch Radio, and anywhere else where you listen to your podcasts. And while you wait for next week's episode, you can definitely check us out at popanimecomics.com for articles relating to anime, comics, and pop culture, as well as give us a follow on Twitter at popanimecomics. Check out our Instagram, popanimecomics, like our Facebook page, popanimecomics. If you want to support this podcast, I have a pro wrestling t-shirt. That's popanimecomics on prowrestlingtees.com, so please go buy it. I really do need the support. And until next week, everybody, have a wonderful week.